0: Into your life From this Now with Without further ado Let's get into this podcast And enjoy Tuning in Trying to find out how to win Go along and tell a friend Marathon you know the game Keep on running never end Getting better make a man Adam got it Adam got it Adam got it Adam
1: got it huh? activity Possibility, 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 possibility. Tune in.
2: Drake, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back on the podcast again. How you doing?
1: Doing good, man. How you doing? Good Thank good. you for having me.
2: No, you're welcome. It's uh, yeah, it's really good to have you back on, and um, I'm all good, thank you. Just been, you know, busy, busy with work and podcast, you know how it is. And yeah, yeah for it's, sure, it, it's uh, it's you know, it's the first time we have actually been on video together because last time we did audio, didn't we? And it was around yeah. like a, a year ago. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, like I know that you know your background is you know like you you have you know a background in from like Ukraine um you know it's where your roots kind of come from and you know this podcast I kind of thought about you know talking about the situation in Ukraine uh you know how it's affected you um the things that you've been doing as this being ongoing kind of thing like where would you kind of like to start
1: well um I'll just tell you a little bit about myself when you know pertaining to the Ukrainian side of my life um I was born in Krematorsk, the next Ukraine Ah, uh, that's in the eastern region. Um, it's currently where most of the fighting is happening. Actually, um, it, there's been a war over there since 2014. So, um, you know, it sadly it's nothing new to people from uh, Kremenchuk and Donetsk and Luhansk. Uh, uh, war is not new to them, um, but it will not it will not always be around, and I have a strong faith in that. But I'm from Donetsk. And I was adopted when I was two by an American family, which is why I don't have the Ukrainian accent, even though I wish I did. <laughs> I am uh, actually currently teaching myself Ukrainian using Rosetta Stone, and it's an experience. It's it's fun, but it's very challenging, very hard. But I enjoy it. Um, so being from Ukraine and, and knowing that I was adopted ever since I could ever remember, I've always been proud to be from Ukraine. I've always, you know, represented my country well. I've always uh, kept them at a, a high regard, even though I was in the orphanage and I was in the child care system, which was not the greatest because Ukraine, as we all know, is still a developing country. I mean, we are far more developed than we were in the early 2000s, which is when I was over there in 2000, 2001 and 2002. Um, but back then, the child care system was under par. And that's putting it nicely. Um, so it's not like Ukraine treated me to, uh, you know, palaces and and uh, stuff like that. But I still love my country. That's where I'm from. That's, that's where my blood runs, um, according to me. But a little side note, my biological parents are actually Russian. So that puts me in a little bit of a, a predicament when, uh, you know, talking about this, this war, because I don't blame Russians. And that might sound weird. It's like, wait, what? I blame, you know, Vladimir Putin and the government tactics of brainwashing, because let's be honest, that's what's going on over there. There is no way a normal person could look at the situation that's going on in Ukraine and be like, oh, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, they're doing it for a good cause. So that's just why that's just how I feel about it. And I'm not trying to go on off a tangent, but. That's why it puts me in a little bit of a tough spot when I talk about you know how I feel about Russians and Ukrainians because I'm kind of both. but I was born in Ukraine, so first and foremost, I'm Ukrainian. Um, I've talked to people and my friends and even my family here, and they've asked me, how do I feel about um, you know, being connected to both sides and 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 what's my thought process on it? And I've told them it's like this it's like Ukraine and Russia, our brothers, brothers fight, but you would never hurt each other. And that's why I don't blame Russia because I believe if anybody else was in power with a sane mind frame and not the twisted misconception that Putin has on Ukraine saying that, you know, the Soviet Union created Ukraine, which is not true. Obviously you can just go back and look in the record books if you need validation for that. But that's besides the point. The point is, I believe that Ukraine and Russia can coexist. It's just there needs to be a major, major philosophical change in thought for the Russian government as it is right now. And, and I don't know if that's going to happen uh, on its own free will. It might have to be forced. Um, either way, we will be victorious and and we will come out better from this. And that's kind of hard to say because of the amount of loss and pain that we as Ukrainians are experiencing, you know, at home and even abroad, obviously the pain is different. But, you know, that's just kind of a little bit of a background on my connections to Ukraine and Russia both. And I could I could never be prouder. I could say this right now with my whole heart. At this very moment, I am the proudest person to be where I'm from today, rather than when I first found out. And it's kinda of ironic to say that, but that's just how I feel.
2: Yeah, no, I really, really appreciate you for sharing, um, you know, that about your life and your background and where you're from. And I think it c- it must give you this scope on both sides. Like you said, being, um, you know, having those Ukrainian roots of where you're from and then your parents, you know, your parents being like, uh, you know, Russian in-, in Russia. And like you said, you know, brothers fight and that kind of thing. Uh, fallouts and you know like ukraine and russia like those brothers you know and they they've been at war for a while uh but like you said like having a president in that mindset which it's almost it's not it's not sane it's not moral and there's no justification for those decisions and in that attitude it's like a, a bond villain really that's the way i see it it's it's like something you see in a film, and right, and I think like you said that you know the the hardship that you went through as a kid, and you know that those 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 times you went through like that you mentioned. I think, do you think that's kind of like made you strong as a person? Um, you know, given you like this this resilience.
1: So yeah, so that's a that's a perfect way, perfect adjective for that, um, and so. When I talk about so speaking from a personal perspective, uh, speaking about myself, even though I don't remember the time in Ukraine that I had, obviously, I had to survive through the malnourishment and, the you know, the neglect and I don't believe it was, you know, intently, they didn't intentionally just throw me off to the side. But you got to think there's hundreds and hundreds of other kids in that orphanage. It's not like where you have each caretaker has a child and you know what I'm saying. So, I don't blame the orphanage for that. That's just the cards that I was dealt. But I do think I a hundred percent agree with you when you say that my upbringing has kind of instilled this feeling of, and this, this uh, mindset of resiliency, because even when I got to America, life didn't get easier. I was born with a disability. So a lifelong disability. So it's not like, I, as soon as I got to America, life was just peaches and cream. It's, You know, I had to go through surgeries and PT and and all that. But I believe in my heart, when I look back about where I started, if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. You know what I'm saying? And I believe God carried me through that. And I don't know if you're, you know, religious and I'm not going to we're not going to get into that. But that's just what I believe in my heart. And, um, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think, you know, me being Ukrainian. But I believe all Ukrainians are resilient. And we're proving that right now because. The aggression that we're facing, yes, is very out there and it's very open, but that's because of social media. But that's this is not the first time Ukraine has, you know, dealt with oppression and, and, and aggression from Russia. This is one of many, not counting twenty fourteen, not counting the the man made famine in nineteen thirty six. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like this is the first time Ukraine has ever encountered something of hardship and even still we've made it through we've persevered we've been resilient through all of the struggle so that's why i'm proud to be ukrainian and that's why i think you know the definition of ukraine is, is is borderland literally but i think it should be changed to bravery based off what we've seen here recently and even in the distant past
2: yeah no i see it and i think like that's one thing is like being you know, the resilience and the bravery and you know like ukrainian people and like you said i think a lot of people um aren't aware people who don't follow the media or don't look into it don't know that they've already been at war and kind of pretty much fighting for quite some time and there's always been tensions it's but like you said um from what they're being up against and what's being thrown at them they've been pretty pretty resilient um and you know they they know the ground don't they 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 know the land they'd know how to operate and fight. And you know, a lot of their people, I mean, I saw a video clip of a guy who was a plumber, a civilian, and then he's you know he's now fighting for his country. And I think it's that adaptability of and that in that strength and that courage and bravery of uh saying, okay, well this is how it is now and this is what I'm gonna do. Um it takes a lot to do that. It takes a lot, you know, to, to Put your life on the line for your country and do that, and have that strength. And and like I think, like you know, they've had a lot of support from different countries, haven't they? Around Europe, you know, and America as well. I know that Britain, you know, the UK, have, you know, supplied them with, you know, all kinds of equipment and arms. Um, from what right. I've seen on, on on the media and the news, uh, a lot of other countries. So I think is it's really great that you know they've had that support. Like, what do you think to the amount of support they've had?
1: So I will say that I don't I didn't know what to expect about, you know, the different levels of support that Ukraine would get from European countries, um, you know, like Great Britain and even America, just because of the enemy. You know what I'm saying? And and what the perception of Russia's military was was far higher than than what we what we've seen and, and what Ukraine has has gone up against. Now, I will not say that they are weak because they are not weak, but they are not unbeatable. Uh, we've seen that. We've seen all the counteroffensives and all of you know, the territory that we've gained back. But I will say with all the weapons that we've got from all the different nations, we, I say we, but I appreciate that personally as a Ukrainian, and I'm also sure that the entire country appreciates that because yeah you got to look at it this way. You're not just defending us. You're defending yourself. You're defending the right to a freedom of choice, a freedom of life, because Ukraine is the gate to Europe. Ukraine is the first country that Russia sees. So that is the country that they feel they need to take over in order to take over all of Europe. This is oddly sounding like World War II, which is To me, not a coincidence, if you're asking me, because we've seen the same type of tactics used by the Russian military as was used by the Germans, see the Blitzkrieg in the very beginning of the invasion. But given that all the weapons that we have received, I still believe we need more. And this is not me trying to sound, you know, greedy or unappreciative or, you know, anything like that. It's just we have to be sure that when this war is over, it's actually over. You know what I'm saying? We can't just, oh, uh, we'll take a ceasefire and then three years later it, it starts up again. What's the point? You know what I'm saying? What was the point of, of providing all those weapons and all that aid if it's not really over? It's kind of like, you know what I've been watching? I've been rewatching Harry Potter. and. Russia and Putin kind of reminds me of Voldemort. Every time you think you beat that guy, this guy comes back some other type of way. You know what I'm saying? So we just got to eliminate the evil here, <laughs> and we need all the help we can get. Obviously, Ukraine's not the largest country, so we don't have the best military. We didn't have you know, all the best equipment, um, but we do with what we have, and we make work with what we have to make work with. And I think uh, we've obviously utilized all the weapons, you know, very greatly. We've seen all the success we have failed that I'm not going to sit here and act like we're just getting through. Um, but we appreciate what we've gotten and we humbly ask you for more because we need it. And to be honest, the world needs this war to be over.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And I think like you said, um, you know, Ukraine's that kind of gate, isn't it? And there's a lot of, I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, media out there and there's a lot of news and there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of scaremongering and there's a lot of, you know, hit this and that. And you have to be kind of careful what, you, you know, I think you look at, like with the media in over there, it's, I, I kind of look at it and I kind of pick it apart and kind of make up my own mind. And or, or I'm very mindful of where I get it, you know, because I think, it, I think the thing in, in Ukraine, the whole situation is changing a lot very quickly. So the mm-hmm. media is always changing all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of looking where it's coming from, what's happening. Um, and I think the sources, I know, is it, um, is it Radio Free Liberty Europe or something like that? Yeah, like they, yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of, like, uh, documenting on on the situation um, that uh Ukrainian soldier, he does, like, blogging on the situation as well. Um, right. And I, but yeah, I think like, you know, we can't be blind to what's happening and we, you know, need to continue that support. Um, and like you said, the Ukrainian people, they, they, um, they take the, what, what the equipment they've got, they make good use of it and they just kind of adapt and, and go with it. And they've not had, um, you know, at the start, lots and lots of equipment, but then, you know, they've been supplied it, they've been supplied training. I know that there's Ukrainian soldiers being trained in the UK. By the right, turn. I've saw, uh, I've seen that, yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot going on, and also, people have traveled over there internationally. So there's, there's um, so many lenses to it.
1: Oh, for sure, and you know, it's funny you bring up the International uh, Legion of Defense. I believe that's what uh, the armed forces of Ukraine calls it. Um, but I've, i i I really liked the intuitiveness of that, and because. You have to you have to think about this. You get all these people from all these different countries, you put them in one squadron, one platoon, whatever you want to call it, and instantly they're able to you know, come together, even with all the language barriers. they're a- able to get set a common goal. And that's to defend Ukraine, that's to defend democracy, to defend freedom. And I think that's a major thing. You know, between the differences of the militaries, and I'm not going to act like a military expert, but this is from what I've seen from my eyes. Russia struggles because Russia has no goal. Now, you can say, oh, it's our goal. At first, it was their goal to take over Kiev. That was their goal. Then it is their goal to take over the southern part of the Ukraine. Then it's their goal to take over the Donbass, which is the eastern part of Ukraine. If you want to achieve a goal, you have to achieve one and then move on to the other. Now, I'm not trying to help Russia because nobody wants to do that. Screw that. So y'all, y'all just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're doing great. Good job. Um, but that's what you see with Ukraine. Ukraine, all of Ukraine, not just the east, the, the north, west, all of Ukraine has one common goal. And that's to save our cities, our villages, our towns, to save our country because without Ukraine I wouldn't be here today without Ukraine I wouldn't be the person I am today so even though I'm not living over there right now I will do everything in my power I can to save my country because without it I wouldn't be me and you know it's just it's plain as that without the background that i've had i wouldn't have the perspective that i have and i believe my perspective is what helps me be successful in life so that's just how i see it
2: and i think like you said that um you know it shows you how much our backgrounds and our place of where we're from our hometown our country you know molds who we are and our identity and you know you think of like the resilience of you know the ukrainian people that's something that you know is is isn't new, and I think that's something that is very noticeable with the situation over there um and their strength and like you said uh if you know like there's no goal with Russia they're just kind of like I think they've you know you see how many different generals they've lost how many people in command they've lost how many troops I mean apparently I saw on a on a uh, article around like 50,000 uh soldiers they I mean um, you know, I know there's been heavy losses in Ukraine, but I don't think it's the same as Russia.
1: But, Definitely not the same. And,
2: and um, yeah, it's it's just ludicrous, really, when you think about it. And, like, what, um, on the day of it, like, where, where was you, kind of, like, what was your reaction to it when it happened? Did you kind of think it would happen?
1: So, it's funny, well, it's not, it's ironic that a few days before, um, I wrote an article for my from my university's new pa- newspaper about Ukraine and about, you know, just the importance, just to, you know, let people know that Ukraine's important. And uh, I think like four days later, I was, uh, I'll tell you what exactly what I was doing. I was sitting on my couch playing uh, the PS4 and, um, you know, I just I looked down at my phone and CNN pops up and it says, Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine has begun. And I'm like, what? Like what just happened? And I'm thinking it's like, you know, I don't know. I didn't know at that moment, I didn't know what to think because you never think it's going to happen until it actually happens. You never think somebody's going to bomb a maternity hospital until they actually do it. You know what I'm saying? So I believe, I don't think it really set into me until I started seeing all the pictures and the news art and the videos. And and I'm going to be honest with you, Adam, it was tough. It, it's it's and, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I can attest to what people that are actually, you know, over there are going through because I can't. But from an emotional standpoint and a mental standpoint, um, that was probably one of the hardest nights of my life, uh, hardest two weeks of my life, because I've always I've loved my country as much as I love my family. And it felt like a piece of my heart was just ripped away when I saw that headline and I was watching those videos and those bombs rained down on Kiev and, you know, the other parts of Ukraine. And all I could think about was my family and how there is a strong possibility I would never meet my parents. There's a strong possibility I would never know my grandparents or even see anybody that I am sharing the same type of blood with, the same genes with. And, and don't get me wrong. I love my adopted family. Love them. Love them to death would do anything for them. But you would also, as an adopted person, you have that thought in your head, man, I wonder what my other family's like. Because it's wild to me. I could have had a whole nother life, man. I had a whole nother name. I had a whole, you know, I could have had an entirely different identity than what I do. Um, So when it happened, it just really made me think. And I was just, you know, just to be appreciative of life because I'm sitting here in my house, playing a video game, not really worried about life and other people over there are, are running for theirs and hiding in subways. And it was just hard, man. I think I, uh, I'm not ashamed to admit this. I, uh, I think I probably broke down about three different times that night, you know, just, just looking at all this stuff and, and, and you want to look away, but it's like you feel disrespectful. I, I feel like I was being disrespectful by not paying attention to it just because I could have that freedom to say oh i don't want to look at it anymore let me put my phone down but the other people there they can't you can run away but you can't hide from a war when it's happening in your own home you can't hide from bombs when they're being dropped in your backyard so i just try to stick with it i try to stay strong and, and and you know try to be positive about it um that's just all you can do and that's all I tried to do that night it was it was definitely one of the toughest nights of my life I feel like it's uh right behind when my mom passed away so yeah
2: yeah and I think you know I appreciate your mother and and you know sharing like you know what happened and what went down with yourself because I think like like you said it's it's difficult because you know it's where you're from is you know, like part, forms part of your identity and who you are, doesn't it? And I think like you said, you know, one of the things like you, you know, you want to see, you know, you have a great family, and know, and from where you are, but then there's relatives that, you know, you're worried about maybe not seeing and, you know, wanting to see them one day and all of that. And I mean, the whole, the whole um, situation of what, what unfolded and, and to, to find out, you know, like on your phone, it's, it's it's not the easiest thing and I think like you said you have to just try and manage how you kind of react to it and, and what you pay attention to and I think you know how much you know you because you, I think like you can you you know there's a certain amount of things that we can't control but uh you know how we react to it is, is, a, is I think like a big thing um, especially in terms of what's happening in, in the news but I think like you know, it's it's something that needs to you know needs to end, needs to finish, and you know for you know for Ukraine's sake and and, and everyone else's, you know, because I think it's it's difficult in your situation because it it's so much of kind of like who you are, if that makes sense, like in in your heart.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Well, I was just like, you know, like, let me provide a a different point of view for you, um, because I'm sure you haven't heard this one yet. Maybe you have. Um, So it's like this. Have you ever had something that you truly care about? And you have to watch from a distance as it, you know, is taken away from you and you feel so helpless because you can't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so with Ukraine being attacked, it's like you're attacking me, but I can't do anything to stop you because I can't fight on the front lines because I'm not there. And I can say this with 100% honesty in my heart, Adam, if I could go over there right now and fight on the front lines, like I re- I, I would. I would sacrifice everything that I have right now to see Ukraine free and, and, and peaceful again. And people might think I'm crazy for that because dude, you've got a perfect life right now in America. You know, you've got all these possibilities, all this, all that, but sometimes it's not about yourself. Sometimes you have to think about the life after yours. And I couldn't live with myself knowing that if I had the opportunity to help Ukraine in a more, you know, direct and on the front line way and I turned it down just to preserve my own life I couldn't live with myself man because how can I be proud of something I wouldn't protect that's like having a family and then letting them all be taken away and not doing nothing about it but oh I'm still proud to be their family you know what I'm saying like that doesn't make sense doesn't add up it's just it's wild because a lot of people you know they ask me why do you care so much? You know, you're not there anymore. It doesn't matter. And it's like, no, it does matter because they're still with me. Like, I feel like I have a connection with every Ukrainian because I'm one of them. They are one of me. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I feel.
2: Yeah. No, I, 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 I get where you're coming from. And I think like, you know, it's it's like you said, if if you had that opportunity and was able to go over there, then, then you would. Based on, you know, sometimes things that are bigger than ourselves, and thinking about other people after, you know, ourselves if that makes sense, and and the, the 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 bigger scale of things, because like you said, there's, you know, you want to look after the the next person, and and so on, and so forth. But I think like, based on your situation, and you know, your background, I think it's understandable and logical that, you know, you think that way, you know, and I think it's, you know, it makes you, I think, grateful for, you know, current situation we're in, you know, where, mm-hmm. where we currently live, I mean, and where we are. Oh, you know? for sure. But, but then again, like you said, it's, it's in your heart, and it's in your, you know, it's, it's it's in your blood, if that makes sense to, because you got such a strong connection to Ukraine because you've got ancestors and family from that area so it's it's like uh it's difficult isn't it because you see you see kind of both sides to whereas i think a lot of people kind of like oh well you know all the russians are bad and everything like that and that's that's not the case it's their the tyranny of the person leading well, i wouldn't say leading leaders don't do that but you know kind of yeah controlling uh the people right. and that, i saw a crazy video where they're interviewing like um citizens in Russia and Mm -hmm. some of them don't want to see it some of them believe that there's Nazis in Ukraine which is a load of bullshit Um,
1: the president is Jewish people (laughs) listen to the people at home if you don't know anything about Ukraine our president is Jewish there are no Nazis in Ukraine I am so sorry but I just had to say that it's just wild how that narrative got floated out there
2: yeah yeah, it's crazy. And I think there's a lot of propaganda. I mean, there's I mean, I've heard some people say there's propaganda on both sides. Maybe you know, military videos and things like that.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, but, for sure.
2: But but it's it's kind of they're both promoting what their forces are doing, or but I think um yeah, there's there's no need to control this, you know, control your people like that. I saw a video actually this this guy was protesting, I don't know if you saw it, and he's in Russia, and he's holding <clears> up a piece of paper, just a blank piece of paper, and the police, like, take the paper off him, tell him to stop, and they arrest him. And he, he just had a blank piece of paper, and they tried, they, and he got arrested, and this is a Russian guy, and you just see
1: his face just kind of, like, drop. Um if it's your own people. You, yeah. Like I'm getting treated like this by my own people I know. Like, dude, Craig, I know you. We, I had dinner with you last night, and you're sitting here arresting me for holding a piece of paper. That is, that's yeah. hard to fathom. That's hard yeah. to fathom. Yeah.
2: I'll have to send you the video to it, but it's um, I think, you know, and and then again, there's Russian people who don't agree with what's going on, and they see oh yeah the sides to what's happening, but I think they are. So intimidated by the government and the police and the military that you know they kind of they've been brainwashed or they're just a bit
1: scared to speak,
2: scared to speak. So I mean, but then again, that that's has been happening for years and years over there, hasn't it? And there's yeah. other countries that happens as well. But it, I mean, the main the main thing is people have the should have a right to say in what they want and think what they want. Freedom, to, to information yeah free everything, everything with that and um i think that's something that might intimidate russia because there's i mean there's tons of theories isn't there there's nato uh they might have been intimidated by nato we're not wanting that control there's you know there's so many uh loopholes you can go down with this but i think the main thing is what you know you said that you know you when what it all goes back to is that you know Ukraine and Russia are like brothers, you know, they had fights and things, but you know, never kind of you shouldn't really step over that line. and that's where the you know the the boundary is being is being crossed really by someone who right. is power hungry and wants to overtake things that they see, you know, it's like a you know a bird seeing a shiny object. They really want it and they and they don't care how they get that shiny object kind of thing
1: as long as they get it yeah and it's it's crazy to me that you know he can have this so misconstrued conception and then you have other top government officials in russia that agree with him like bro think for yourself you know what i'm saying stand on your own two feet And look at what the hell is going on. Excuse my language, but, like, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way you can sit there. And and let's look at it from the Russian perspective for a second. Let's look at it as we got sons and, and fathers and brothers being sent over to fight a war. It's completely unnecessary. There's no need for it. But they can't do anything because guess what? Military in Russia... Is required military time in Russia is required. You have to fight at some point. There was a—I don't know if you watch hockey, but I do. I love hockey. There is a—there uh, was a goaltending prospect that just got drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers. He's Russian, top goalie prospect. You know, he got detained and sent back to Russia because he didn't join the military. He didn't. You know what I'm saying? So you mean to tell me you have your citizens? you know, required to sacrifice their lives for something they may not believe in. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, unless it really comes down to it, I don't believe in the draft. Unless you truly need it, like Ukraine, for instance, I I see why there's martial law. We need every person that is able and willing and even sometimes not willing, but able to fight. We need them to fight because we're preserving our lives. But if you want to be like Putin and just say, you know what? I think I just want to take over a country real quick. Let me go invade. Oh, I don't know, uh, Ukraine, 2014, or or what was, uh, you know, Georgia, 2008. Like it's not like he hadn't been invading other countries. You know, it's just uh, nothing was really said about it, and that's sad. And it should be, it should be noted. We need there needs to be a war crimes trial specifically for Vladimir Putin. And I'm not. I'm not being dramatic about this. I'm being, this is how I personally feel. He needs to be held accountable. This can't, you can't just say, okay, we defeated you, now you can go live in exile in Argentina or somewhere. You know what I'm saying? No. He needs to be held accountable and prosecuted and tried and convicted for his crimes. Because I don't know if people realize this, but in Ukraine, there are little boys Little girls, grown men, grown women being tortured, assaulted, all types of stuff, all the stuff that you can think of heinously. That's going on in Ukraine. You know what I'm saying? And if it was happening in Britain, you would have an issue with it. If it was happening in America right now, I would have a major issue with it. You see what I'm saying? So just because it's not happening at home doesn't mean it's not important. And. I don't know, man. It's just it's hard to open people's eyes to things they don't want to see. And war is not fun to look at. I don't like looking at it. I don't like seeing death and and all this devastation. But sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes you have to open your eyes to things we don't want to see because we need to see them. We need to understand. We need to educate ourselves and, you know, be more empathetic to other situations besides our own. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm just the perfect person and I don't think selfishly sometimes because I do. Sometimes I only think of myself in certain situations and that's wrong. But I can honestly say when it comes to Ukraine, I've always put them ahead of me. And I don't, that's just how I live my life.
2: Yeah. And um, I think like you said, like with. have you know like like with the ukraine and nothing and like the situation and, and just war in general like you kind of do have to open your eyes because you know like you said there is there are certain things happening and if it was happening in your backyard or in your country you wouldn't want other people kind of blindly not taking notice or, or not doing anything if it was if that makes sense um oh no, yeah for sure but but I I think, you know, it will be interesting to see what what unfolds and what happens. And you know, I, I definitely think, in my opinion, um, and from what I see, that, you know, Ukraine will prevail through this and you know, like they will push through this. And I think in some way there might be, you know, something happening within within the government in Russia. I think you know it it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens because i think like you know it, it can't just blindly go on um, right and i i think one of the one of the things of it is that you know they're making money from it i know we the you know the west put a lot of sanctions on them which has affected them greatly um you know that's another topic but uh yeah i i think it'll it'll be interesting to see what pans out especially with you know support from other countries because I mean, I've seen. I mean, this is another conversation, but I saw articles where, you know, Russia have been going into deep storage to get really old equipment and the things. If you're sending people, Soviet air
1: equipment, yeah.
2: If you're sending people out ill-equipped, um, and you haven't got the resources up against new resources, you know, you can't. I think their tactics is just to slam and bomb everything, um, mm-hmm. and then go in. But that's not, you know, the the the, there's only so much you can do with that you know
1: right right um, it's only so far that that tactic can carry you for sure
2: yeah definitely and um i just think is there, is there anything else that you want to touch base on or anything you
1: well so i wanted to talk about one of the a, a true friend that i made he uh he lives in keith his name is uh y'all can look him up on facebook i will uh send Adam, his name and his contact information. Um, he, he provides in depth, um, you know, analysis of, or, or, uh, perspective of what's going on. He provide, he, he used to provide, uh, daily posts or, you know, every other daily posts about the situation. Uh, he got a job now, so they're kind of more sporadic, but I believe he does a great job in, um, you know, posting about talking about, uh, and assisting Ukraine. He's, He's listed multiple charities on his Facebook. I've had a po- I've had him on a podcast. Um, his name is Vladislav Solodovnik. Uh, I just call him Vlad. You can just call him Vlad. But uh, I will send you his name so you can leave it in the show notes. Um, anybody that's listening and even has $2 or 2 pounds, I forget that y'all, y'all don't do dollars over there. <laughs> but um, any amount that y'all can donate to Ukraine, to any chair. well, I wouldn't say any charity because there are some – some people out there that want to take advantage of a bad situation. Just make sure it's legit. But, if y'all feel it in y'all's heart that y'all need to donate, or y'all want to donate even a dollar or two, whatever equals that to y'all, I would greatly appreciate it. I know my country would greatly appreciate it, because anything and everything helps. It doesn't have to be the lump sum, $20,000 donation, 40000 no. It can be $5 here, $10 there, $12, you know what I'm saying? So, I think if y'all go see his page and look at all of his information that he provides and the the perspective and intel that he gives, y'all will furthermore understand what's going on and why it's important to support Ukraine and our fight for freedom. And there's one more thing I want to say before we get out of here and we wrap this up. I don't I don't agree with the saying that if you're not raised somewhere. You can't be from there. And I've heard that a lot because I've had people tell me, like, when I say I'm Ukrainian, they say, no, you're not. You're American. You're from Tennessee. You were raised in Tennessee. You were only born in Ukraine. It doesn't matter the first two years. No, it does matter. Like, wherever you're born, that's where you're from. You know what I'm saying? If I was born in Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is where I live, but if I was born here, then I'm from here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But... I just think it's important for people to. If you want to identify yourself as whatever. Cool. Like wherever you're from, that's cool. But don't tell me what to identify as. You see what I'm saying? Don't tell me that. I only have to be American because most of my life was in America. You see what I'm saying? I don't think it's right for people to say. You can't claim to be from here because you weren't raised there um and I feel like that's you know attacking my nationality and I don't agree with it uh so I just want that to be known that whatever you want to identify as when it comes to your nationality you do whatever you think is best for you because nobody knows you like you do (laughs) so that's all I want to say Adam I want to tell you thank you man for having me on again bro we're gonna I'm gonna have to let you come on my show for sure. Um, it's the box factor. You can find it on all major platforms. It's got a blue and yellow logo. You'll see it, <laughs> but, um, man, thank you so much for taking the time, dude. I, I really appreciate you having me on.
2: Yeah, no, you are most welcome uh, Drake. And, um, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you back on and, you know, I really appreciate, um, you know, you're your sharing your story and, you know, what's been going on with you and, you know, talking about the current situation, um, you know i know it's pretty difficult and you know i i applaud you know everything that you do and uh you know your your you know your wisdom and resilience you know moving forward and um you know i wish you all the best and you know and everything that you're doing um talking about the the subject and you know with your podcast as well um you know i'm really grateful to you know be your friend and be able to do this and i look forward to sure dude being your on your show so people can find you on social media what's like your tag so
1: you can just search drake box that's d-r-a-k-e space b-o-x on facebook or instagram and uh you can also find the box factor on instagram it's just search the box factor it'll come up my page is on there um I will also leave my podcast email so anybody that has any topics they want me to discuss or are curious in, they can email my podcast. I'll leave that with Adam. Um, But I just want you all to know that we appreciate every listener that we have. I'm saying this from my perspective because I don't have the largest audience, but I have a consistent audience. So it's nice to know that people support you and, and want to see you succeed in life and hold on to those people in your life
2: yeah yeah most definitely no i i I, you know i shadow off what you said and you know keep keep doing what you're doing and you know there are people out there who you know who will support and listen to what you do you know whatever passion you have you know put it out there but uh but yeah Drake, have a good day and all the best and i'll speak to you soon yes sir take take care
0: Got it, it, got it Positivity, Positivity, Positivity,
1: Possibility, Positivity, Positivity, Possibility, Positivity, Positivity,